Happy Labor Day to everyone. We have got week one of college football in the books, save for a Clemson-Duke matchup on Labor Day night. We are going to spend some time breaking down what went right for Florida State, what went wrong for LSU in that blowout win for the Seminoles, as well as taking a look back at week one, having gone through some of the tape, the good, bad, and ugly from week one in college football, all brought to you by the great folks at MyBookie and Wondery. Um, Bet the board. We have got a lot to talk about. That is the topic on today's Landry Football Podcast on the Landry Football Podcast Network, which you can get by subscribing, liking, sharing to the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Also, a reminder that you can get detailed breakdowns of the game of football, college football, NFL, at LandryFootball.com. Folks, we can break, go into the film room and break down the games like no one other can. Why? Tapping into the scouting, coaching, um, playing, coaching, scouting, front office, um, background expertise. We can provide insights into the game that you can't find anywhere else. So if it involves players, teams, coaches, schemes on the college or NFL level, we got you covered at LandryFootball.com. So make sure that you take advantage of the football season sale, the price rollback, the limited time only, 50% off sale, LandryFootball.com. You want to check that out today. Folks, you can try it out for a month. You can try it out for six months. Our football season sale is the 12-month package. It's less than $10 a month if you try it for a month. It's cheaper than that for six months. It is cheaper still on the football season sale. So make sure that you take advantage of one of those options. Folks, it's a great companion for the football season. Um, It'll make you the most informed fan in your fantasy group and just your fan group. Um, You will become a keener, knowledgeable understanding of the game of football where you can make some decisions for yourself about what's going on and understanding why it did. So I want to start with the Florida State uh, LSU game and what a performance by Keon Coleman, Jordan Travis. They were outstanding in their win over LSU. Um, Keon Coleman, nine catches, 122 yards, three touchdowns. LSU could not cover them. Jordan Travis put on a show, 23 of 31, 342 yards, four touchdowns against just one interception. He added a score on the ground, um, was dominant. De- defensively. Jaden Daniels uh, finished with 347 yards, one touchdown and one interception. Um, And Noah Kane and Trey Bradford each accounting for rushing touchdowns. But this game was dominated by Florida State at the line of scrimmage. It was a four-quarter domination except for the fact that in the first half, Florida State self-destructed. Florida State with their – Late hit penalties, which, by the way, going back on tape, they were all real. They they were dumb penalties. They were accurately called. But that kept LSU alive. They still came up big on fourth down. They still came up big in the red zone defensively, did FSU's defense against LSU's offense. LSU couldn't get movement off the line of scrimmage. They had to run a little tempo. They tried to do some different things offensively. They didn't do a great job with their mesh point. They didn't do a great job 
of selling the RPO concept, they did a good job, Florida State, of matching up and accounting for the quarterback in the run game, except for a couple of times up the middle. They accounted for him in the run game, and they they basically blitzed the pass option out of the LSU offense. So it was a great game plan by a great defensive front that Florida State putting had putting pressure on LSU. And on the other side, LSU couldn't defend Florida State's run game. LSU couldn't generate any pass rush. LSU's trying to do too much with Harold Perkins. Um, putting him as a spy, which a lot of people predicted that he would, I don't like that. He's your best pass rusher. Let him rush the passer. Trying to have him do all the different linebacker things is only going to slow him down. Let him attack. See ball, attack ball. This guy is Michael Parsons at the college level. And they're putting him in inside backer roles, key roles, you know, trying to step over blocks. I mean, you're taking away what he does best, and you're neutralizing him by the way you're playing him. LSU needs to look at that. Madhouse needs to look at that. I understand wanting to develop him as a complete player. But you're trying to win football games. And rushing the passer is a big part of that. And they need to look hard at how they're going to utilize him going forward versus what is best for the team. Um, Florida State made a statement. We'll see how good they are from a consistency standpoint. Remember what I said in yesterday's podcast. Don't overreact to week one, folks. You can only evaluate week one off of its merit. Week one, what happened? What didn't happen? What went right? What went wrong? What needs to be improved? It is what it is, but it doesn't define the season, good or bad. But there's no question that Florida State was the better team. Now, can Florida State take care of their business? Can they beat Clemson for one? Maybe have to beat them twice. Can they not stub their toe at any point during the year? This is a Florida State team that has the makings of running the table in their conference. I I don't know if they're going to do it or not. It's To me, that's what is key is how successful you are. It's like everybody's got Colorado and Dion in the Hall of Fame. That, that's great off of one game, but the overreaction is what separates the knowledgeable fans from the hysterical ones, the knowledgeable football people that understand that a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people can have good games. A lot of people can have good weeks. A lot of people can have a good season. It's the consistency that makes you great. So let's see what Florida State does the rest of the year. There's no reason why they can't run the table. I think we're going to see a little bit more about Clemson. I think that's going to be a great game. That is truly two teams that's capable of making the playoffs, Florida State, Clemson, in a couple of weeks. And it's likely going to set the table for the rest of the ACC. But Clemson, for the most part, and I know it's been a little bit of a hiccup recently, but Clemson takes care of business against 
everybody in the ACC for the most part. Florida State has to do that this year. They've got the goods. They've got the quarterback. They've got the defense. Um, Coleman, Keon Coleman, elevated this offense. Mike Norvell is one of the best play callers. I thought he completely outcoached Matt House because he's the play caller on offense. I thought he made great adjustments. They ran a lot of the um, the two-back counter, uh, pulled the tight end, ran the wheel route, and just absolutely got LSU out of sorts in the second half. Um, Coleman might end up being one of the best transfers Mike Norvell has put out of the portal since taking over Florida State, and he has done about as good a job as anybody in the portal. Um, He's taken the FSU offense to a different level. And it, and it could be something that elevates them and puts them over the top in terms of a national championship run. The Michigan State transfer put up big numbers, but it was the chemistry with Travis that stood out. Um, they already had Johnny Wilson before Coleman came in. But Wilson, who had seven catches for 104 yards, two drops, doesn't have the explosiveness that Coleman has. So Seminole's a real threat at, at playmaker, at receiver. Um, he's certainly a guy that's going to help himself in terms of his draft stock. We'll get into that more later. He's 6'4", 215. Um, he plays and runs like a smaller athlete. But the power and catch radius of a tight end makes him a nightmare for corners in one-on-one situations. He's got to fine-tune himself in terms of how to set up defenders a little bit more, but he is really, he's really something. Now we're going to get into uh, LSU, uh, you know, uh, but I want to talk to you about the great folks at my bookie. As a better, you demand perfection and my bookie delivers. It's NFL, college football, and a brand new cash out system. Gives you options to bet and win all season long. Say the first two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early. Use the funds on another bet. Or let it ride for a chance at a bigger payday. Join my the, the MyBookie family for an entire season filled with odds, boosts, free bets, and super contests. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.ag mybookie.ag now and register for account for free when you're ready to make your first deposit just use the promo code landry that's all caps l-a-n-d-r-y to grab a welcome bonus on the house that's promo code landry to claim your deposit bonus and for a limited time a free chip to use in the mybookie casino you can bet anything anytime anywhere only with mybookie well, in terms of LSU, it was humbling. There's a lot of talk. And again, it's one of the reasons I tell people everybody wants to, everybody thinks making predictions and guessing and being right makes them look smart. Nobody that's a real football person that knows the game, that is a difference maker in the game as a coach, as a scout, we, we don't make out of predictions. We study the game. Just guessing and getting it right is not knowing. 
the comments. Well, LSU's the 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 SEC West goes through Baton Rouge and LSU. No, it doesn't, folks. It doesn't go through anything. Let's go back last year, LSU. First year under Brian Kelly. It did better than I thought. It got better as the season went along. It was sloppy early. Certainly against Florida State it was. The game was a lot closer than last night's game. Um, blow out at Tennessee when they just collapsed early and never win the game. You know, losing to an A&M team that they should have beaten. A&M had a bad season, and, you know, you just can't have that. But it's the first year. Oh, but now Brian Kelly's got it figured out. Nobody has it figured out ever. You just constantly try to stay on top. Now, this was the best matchup of the college football season thus far. It's only week one, I know, of good versus good. So keep that in mind. It was not that LSU loss. It was that they got dominated, dominated in this game. It is an eye-opener. It is humbling. What do you do now? Well, they can still win the, the playoffs. This is not a playoff team. Okay, LSU is not going to go and run the table and beat Alabama and then beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. That's that's not going to happen. So you're kind of fooling yourself out there if you're an LSU fan and you think that. Oh, it is technically possible. It's also technically possible that they could have won last night, but they didn't. But I also don't think it's the sky is falling either. I think that LSU has a chance to improve and likely will. Going forward, what they need, what they seek is more consistency. And let me just say this. If Brian and his staff in this day and age of transfer portal, uh, if they're going to struggle this much in the first game, they need to relook at their schedule and need to do what other people do. Play Grambling and Army in the first two weeks of the season or something like that. Play those type of teams early. Don't line up and play a Florida State. Because that puts you behind the eight ball. If you're not going to be ready, then don't play an elite team. Schedule somebody you can beat. And maybe by week four, you're a better football team. That's the first thing to say. The other thing is, I believe in this staff's ability to adjust and coach and develop through the course of the year and make changes that are going to allow their guys to be playmakers. But there's definitely in year two to have a team that was completely dominated is such a level of shock. Forget about what outsiders think. That is going to resonate inside that locker room. And one of two things are going to happen. They're going to lose their confidence with this and struggle and really underachieve this year. Or this is going to motivate them and it's going to spur them on. I don't think it's going to spur them on again to an 11-1 season. But it is something that it is a seminal moment, pardon the pun, into this season. I, I do think the consistency of 
beating the Ole Misses and the A&Ms and the Arkansas. And they beat Arkansas Ole Miss this year. But, you know, consistency is the key. Um, that was a huge statement. The blowout was not only humbling it. it, it it's Look, you win the SEC, you're good. Even if if they win the table, I mean, I will say this. No, people are going to forget later in the year how big of a loss. But that blowout loss to Florida State is going to hurt them because Florida State will be a contender. And people are going to remember that not only Florida State won the game, but they blew LSU out. I'm concerned about a few things with LSU. Their offensive line is not very good at this point. They didn't block well. They didn't pass protect well. They didn't run block all that well. The backs don't seem to be anything special. They don't seem to have a difference making running back. Um, other than neighbors, you know, we need to see more at receiver. I think we got an athletic tight end. Jaden Daniels was a little inconsistent, but he can't do it all by himself. Defensively, I mentioned, I don't think they're a great secondary. And against elite receivers, like last night, they were exposed. Um, and again, Florida State had drops in the first half, or else this game would have been a blowout from the first half on. I don't think this LSU team is as good as people thought. I think they're good, but they're not, we're going to win the West type good. Daniels had 37 attempts. 15 rushing attempts. Had some highlight plays, no question. He's also sacked on two fourth down red zone attempts in the first half. And he got drilled on other occasions. His receivers dropped passes. And outside of Josh Williams' run in the first half, the running backs gained just 14 yards on 12 attempts. They were without John Emery, suspended for the first two games. His return's going to help. But the type of opponent that they played is the type of an opponent you're likely to see in quote-unquote playoff action, which I don't think LSU is ready to face. I don't know that LSU right now doesn't appear ready to play the more physical defenses in the SEC that they're going to play most of the week in and week out. We shall see. Um, I think that – Daniels is going to need more help. Um, I do think that how they use Hal Perkins is going to be pivotal going forward. Um, I also think that uh, they're going to have to find some answers in terms of protections. Uh, They're going to have to be more balanced because I think that if you're going to struggle with your protection, you're going to have to find a way to run the football. With tempo, if you got to, with with motions, you're going to have to do a lot. But I think that they're in some difficult circumstances, um, and it's going to be interesting to see. we get into some storylines that took place around college football this weekend. But I want to tell you about good friends – at Wondery, bet the board. Are you ready to take your sports listening to the next level? We've all had enough of the hot takes, fake debates, and recycled headlines. 
Join Todd Furman and his co-host Payne on Bet the Board, the podcast for sports fans and bettors alike. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday during the football season, Bet the Board brings you the essential insights you need to gain an edge at the betting window and dominate your DFS and season-long fantasy leagues. The the combined data-driven wisdom and market knowledge to preview betting on the biggest football games, whether you bet all season long or just follow one team, it pays to listen. Enjoy Bet the Board on the Wondery app. That's W-O-N-D-E-R-Y app. Or wherever you get your podcast, you can listen to Bet the Board ad-free on Wondery Plus. So some storylines and stats that jumped out here. Um, we talked a little bit about them in yesterday's show. Travis Hunter and watching the tape. You know, watching it live is one thing, but watching the tape is something else. He was literally all over the field in that when he had 151 snaps in the Texas heat. Played great on defense, had the unbelievable interception. Um, he caught 11 passes for 119 yards, including a, a leading grab to convert a third and 16 in the fourth quarter. First player to record at least 10 receptions and one interception in a single game. Um, first player this century to do that. Shador Sanders, Dion's boy, the quarterback, Towards this TCU secondary. And I know TCU is not good defensively, but he threw for a school record 510 yards, 38 of 47, four touchdowns, no interceptions. That's good against air. He engineered the first 500 yard passing game in program history in his Colorado debut, produced four 100 yard receivers, four 100 yard receivers in two seasons at Jackson State. His career high was 438 passing yards. Something else that jumped out at me while watching the tape. Man, is South Carolina's pass protection bad? Wow. North Carolina's pass rush dominated. The defense recorded just 17 sacks in 14 games last year, did the Tar Heels defense. But already more than halfway to that total after one game. They sacked. Spencer Rattler nine times in that 31-17 win on Saturday night in Charlotte. Amari Gaynor, Kamon Rucker, each had two sacks on the night. Cedric Gray, Bo Atkinson, each not 15. Desmond Evans, Tamari Fox finished with one each. Really impressive by North Carolina and concerning for South Carolina. G5 quarterbacks had the day few notable upsets on the first Saturday of college football, and it was a common theme. Fresno State quarterback Mikey Keene, a US, UCF transfer, completed 31 of 44, 70% for 366 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, and the Bulldogs 39-35 upset at Purdue. Remember T.J. Finley, former Auburn and LSU quarterback? He spearheaded Texas State's 42-31 upset of Baylor, threw for 298 yards, counting for four total touchdowns to lift the Bobcats to a victory as a 26-and-a-half-point underdog. Utah State transfer uh, Andrew Peasley had three touchdowns in Wyoming's 35-33 double overtime upset of Texas Tech. So big games there. Did you see Oregon scoring 81 over Portland State? Hmm. All the great scoring records in the Chip Kelly era, 
This broke them all. Set the program scoring record in the modern era. First team to top 80 points in a game since UNLV's 80-8 win over Idaho State in 15. All that scoring made um, a lot of folks in the Pac-12 look at the Pac-12. Speaking of Oregon, and how about pouring on the points? Oregon is not the only one that put on some points. USC scored 66 against Nevada. Cal scored 58 at North Texas. Cal's hosting Auburn this week, by the way. Washington's 56 points against Boise State. Um, well, probably the most impressive performance all weekend in terms of, except for maybe Florida State's performance. Um, I thought what they did against a scrappy, tough Boise State team. Washington State put up 50 at Colorado State. Um, impressive. Gotta say, and breaking down the tape, I mentioned yesterday, a little bit of a slow start early for Penn State, but man, with Drew Aller and this offense, this Penn State team is really good. We'll see if James Franklin will screw this up or not. But Drew Aller gives them a big-time weapon at quarterback. He is really skilled. 21-29, three touchdowns, no picks, 325 yards, 38-15 win over West Virginia at Beaver Stadium. Uh, the former five-star recruit connected with Keandre Lambert. Smith for a pair of scores. Um, there's a whole different level of quarterback play from Sean Clifford. Um, Drew's been outstanding in camp. They told me he was good. He is really, really good. How about the performance of Jalen Milrow? Look, we're going to find out this week. So let's, let's kind of keep it, you know, until we see what he does against Texas. But Jalen Milrow was unbelievable against middle. And that's all you can do. Um, he was phenomenal. 13 to 19, 194 yards, three touchdowns. It's the efficacy of which he played in the passing game. Yes, he can run. They become more physical. They're going to become more defense and run game oriented, and they're going to use the quarterback in the run game, and they're going to pound with their offensive line. But if you're going to overplay the run, he showed that he can beat you. Can he do that going forward? I I think that um, looking at Texas and looking at Alabama week one, there's quite a bit of gap between Alabama and Texas. I think we'll get into that breakdown this week, but I think Alabama's quite a bit better. Millrow put up big numbers. Iowa opens the season with a TD pass, um, much maligned offense, though. They still fell below the 25-point mark, 24-14, went over Utah State. I thought they would get it. Cade McNamara connected with Seth Anderson. Um, Michael Penix was ridiculous um he finished last season as the nation's leading passer 3,570 yards and he might top that this year the red shirt senior um what a talent what an absolute talent what a throwing machine what an offense Kalen DeBoer is just phenomenal what he did with Michael Penix at Indiana as an assistant and what happened when he wasn't with them really impressive um and Marvin Harrison Jr., quite a day for him. Um, he felt the effects of a slumping passing attack, catching just two passes for 18 yards and six targets. Um, widely considered the best wideout. I'm wondering how effective he's going to be while they're trying to get their quarterback situation settled. Um, he should be the favorite target for Kyle McCord. I, obviously, I think that 
they're going to play around a little bit with the quarterback situation. Ohio State's ultra-talented speed, explosiveness can spread you out. But if the quarterback plays not an elite level, then Ohio State's not going to be an elite team because spreading the ball around to this talent is going to be paramount. Just some thoughts, uh, again, as we kind of wrap up week two of college football. Folks, we've got the NFL coming up this week. Um, we're going to break that down for you as well as keeping you up to date on week two in college football. We've still got one more game left in week one, so we'll break it all down for you at LandryFootball.com. All the games, all the teams, all the players, all the schemes, LandryFootball.com is where you want to be. College and NFL breakdowns from a coaching, scouting, and front office perspective. Football season sale is what you want to take advantage of today. You can try it out for a month. You can try it out for six months. But uh, our football season sale is the best deal that we've got going. LandryFootball.com. Make sure that you get it today. Also, make sure that you don't miss this podcast on the Landry Football Podcast Network um, by subscribing, liking, and sharing for free the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Spread the word. We're going to be here all football season, breaking it down for you like no one else can. It's always great to be with you. Till next time, have a great one, everybody.